Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, The Natural, The Brett Kenny Story. Previously, we talked premierships, teammates, trophies and accolades, but there's also a very different side to the man and different story to tell. Who do you consider your biggest rivals from a team perspective? Was it the Bulldogs? Yeah, I think the Bulldogs won Manly too. Yep. Um, you know... Manly, you know, we played them twice, two out of three grand finals, and, and we won both of them. And um, and the Bulldogs, it gets the same. We, we we played them twice in grand finals, and we had one apiece. One, one, one. We played them in 84, and they beat us, and then we, we didn't get to play them in 85. We got beat by the Dragons That's right. in the final, and then 86, we played them again. But I think, yeah, they were probably the biggest rivals we had. Um, and I think Manly, too, was slowly... Had a lot of older guys were starting yeah. to retire, and so they were in a bit of a change as well. Uh, where the Bulldogs are a lot younger, and I think they were probably our biggest rivals. As I said, they won um, mainly, obviously, too. But when you go back and look at that era, there were so many good sides. You, yeah. you know, yeah, you, you had some teams you'd probably say, Oh, they were a great team, but yep. there were other sides that, like. It was feasible to say there could have been four or five teams in that competition that you could safely say could win the competition, yeah. could win yeah, the premiership. Where in today's game, you, you're probably looking at one or two teams and saying, that's it. So the, it's yep. between those two and that's it. Where, you know, like you had, as I mentioned, the Bulldogs, Manly, um, St George. The Dragons were always there or thereabouts. Yeah, thereabouts. The, the Tigers were there for a while. Um, you know, South Sydney. Yep. So there was oh, – there's five or six teams mm. there and, and you could safely say that, yeah, you know, you could pick one of those teams mm. and you might win the competition with them. Individually, one-on-one, who was your biggest rival? Was oh. it someone from the New South Wales Rugby League or was it uh, Wally oh, Lewis? I think it was Wally Lewis, yeah. you know. It, um, I enjoyed playing against Wally and I'm, I know people, you know, or, or there's always going to be an argument as to who was the better 5-8. Yep. And, and, look, I don't have a problem with, with, you know, people saying Wally Lewis was the greatest 5-8 mm. and, um, you know, he, he – he was. He, he 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 could do just about everything. He he probably wasn't as, he wasn't as quick as me. Yep. Um. He wasn't the quickest player on the field, but you know, he's great kicking game. Very strong defender. Could read a game well. Um. And I I enjoyed playing alongside Wally. I mean, did I, you get up for those games? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, really enjoyed it, and 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 we had a great time. You know, yeah. we used to have a great time playing against each other in Origin. We'd have a beer after the game, and you know, we'd just talk about things and. It used, we used to laugh about, you know, the people, things people were saying, you know, yep. oh, he's a better player. No, he's a better player. It depends on which side of the border you come yeah. from. And But I'm just happy to be mentioned in the same breath, you know. Yeah. You, when you think about it, that era, there were blokes like Terry Lamb. Um, I think Cliffy Lyons was on the scene later on. Yeah. Um, you know, but he was starting to emerge. Alan Thompson had Alan been, Thompson there, in the had been there and There was a lot of great players yeah. running around in the 5A position and, and um, you know, to be mentioned alongside Wally, I think was you know something very special. Mm. And and um, I was happy with what I achieved in the game. I mean, I know people have said, "Oh, you didn't play too many 
representative games after 87 and mm. Wally kept going and I said, well, like I, I stopped to think about it one day after people were asking me these questions yeah. and I thought, you know, I got graded at Parramatta when I was 19. Yep. I played first grade that year. Yeah. At the age of 25, which was 19, I was 25 in 1986, so at the end of that year, yeah. I'd been playing first grade since I was 19. Yeah. I played, um, I think, back to probably 13 State of Origin games. Yep. I was a member of the first New South Wales side to win a series. I was a member of the first state team, being New South Wales, to win a series 3-0. Yeah. I'd been away on two kangaroo tours, um, played at Wembley Stadium in the Challenge Cup final, was the first Australian to win a win a Lance Todd Trophy Man of the Match award. Yep. Um, and at the end of at the end of that season, I won a Golden Boot Award mm. for the best player in the in the world. And I'm thinking, well, and I'd played against every rugby league playing country in the world. Mm. There, there wasn't as many as there is now. But, and I thought, well, but there was nothing much more to do. Yeah. I, you know, I'd, I'd achieved everything yeah. at the age of 25. And so, um, and, and in 1987, you know, we started a family. So I really, I was lucky that I had achieved everything you yep. could, in the game because then I didn't have to worry about, oh, you know, what do I do? I'd, I'd like to be able to, to reach this level or achieve this. Yeah. And I've just started a family and I don't want to be able, you know, be away all the time. And, and I was lucky enough that I'd, I'd done all that. You know, by the age of twenty-five. Speaking of the kangaroo tours, we're talking about arguably the two greatest kangaroo touring squads ever assembled in nineteen eighty-two and nineteen eighty-six. Who were your roommates, and how did they differ? <laughs> well, size was one thing. Okay. Nineteen eighty-two, I was room with Mark Murray, the halfback. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-six, I was room with Mal Meninga. So Big there was difference. a slight difference yeah. there in size. But um, Mark Murray was was great. I mean, it was my first tour, and I was a bit of a shy guy. And yeah. I was very lucky there was a lot of Parramatta guys on that tour. And but over a period of the time we were away, you get to know blacks. And and uh, Muppet, as he was known, was just a great black to be yep. with, and um, had a lot of fun. Um, just enjoyed being around people, and yeah. and I guess in a lot of ways he he probably didn't get a lot of opportunities on that tour. Sterlow was the number one halfback. Well, went away as actually probably the number two halfback. Mm. Steve Mortimer was the number one halfback with Wally Lewis being the 5'8". Uh, Sterlow got a jump on him and Sterlow remained the halfback in all the test matches. So then you had Sterlow, you had Steve Mortimer, then Mark Murray. So he probably didn't get to play a lot of games yeah. and and um, probably just enjoyed you know, the, social a, the social side of the kangaroo of, tour. Of a kangaroo tour. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was a great bloke to be with and, and of course, in – in '86, uh, I was room with Mal, and um, and he, again, he was just a great black. You know, yeah, he'd, he'd been he away is. in '82, and we knew each other from that from that um, tour. And and um, you know, he it's just a man monster. He, he yep. was just a massive guy. And and I remember one after one of the training sessions, uh, my bed was alongside a wall, which on the other side of the wall was the bathroom. And Mal's bed was on another wall, which like the foot of his bed faced my bed. Okay. And so I'd had the shower first. I got out of the shower and I was just sitting around watching TV and I heard the shower get turned off. I knew he was coming out. So as he, I stood on the end of my bed and as he come past me, I jumped on his back, you know, I thought I'll have a <laughs> bit of a wrestle. And he's walking along and he, he 
sort of got over towards his bed and he got me off his back and then he's picked me up and thrown me. Did he really? I was about 86 kilos then and he's I might have been a bit heavier because in England for a while yeah. so I've eaten a good food. And, <laughs> and um, he threw me and I've actually hit my bed and bounced into the wall. And uh, so I was always told never let them know they hurt you. Yeah, that's right. So I just got up and said, mate, have you had enough, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> he just laughed, you know. But, and, uh, yeah, he, he was great to so be with Mel. So you didn't play with Mel again? Oh, no, I no. never worried about it anymore. No. I think he'd had enough of me. He, yeah, um, that's right. But, yeah, he was a great bloke. And, and I, I, was, I was very fortunate to be there when he, he had the phone call about, you know, his wife was pregnant when yep. he left to go away on that tour and, and uh, got the phone call to, to say that she'd had a had a girl, I yeah. think it was. And, and it was, the funny thing was it was the night before the third test. So we'd gone through that tour in 86 as we did in 82. We hadn't lost a game up till then yep. in England. Um, and here we were playing the third test and the night before, Mal's told his wife's given birth to their, I think it was their first child and it was yep. a daughter. And uh, so I said, oh, well, that's good. We should have a drink. Yeah. So we ring up room service and had all this beer and they threw in a champagne because we said, oh, you know, he's in. so that's fine. And Few of the boys that were all there, they said, "What's happened?" You know, and I said, "Oh, Mal's wife just got the message; she's just given birth." Yep. Oh, great! We'll have a drink, you know. Yep. And then um, I think Wally knocked on Donny Ferner's door, who was the coach, and said, "This is what's happened." And Don said, "Well, that's great, good news." He said, "But look, you know, you guys better get to bed. We've got a test match tomorrow." And I said, "Yeah." Wally said, "Yeah, yeah, no worries." Donny shut the door. He just come straight in the room. We're now drinking beer and every <laughs> champagne. And then the guys that weren't playing in the test, well, they've all gone out. So when they're coming back, they're going, what's going on? He said, oh, Mal's well, oh, have a drink. So the next thing, three in the morning. It's Mal all 28 I, tourists. We're still, yeah. there, we're still there thinking, I wonder when these players are going to leave. So he <laughs> <laughs> finally left, you know. We, we all got off to sleep the next morning. It was very quiet on the bus. Oh. And, and I mean, normally it is before a game, but this wasn't because – it was before a game. This was because I think we were all hung over. Yeah. And um, we were a bit seedy in the first part of the game. First half, I think we were behind at half time in yep. the third test. We'd come back and and uh, actually Wally uh, said a few words at half time and it really sort of lifted everyone with what he'd said. And we'd gone out in the second half and, and I think he scored the first try of the second half, Wally. And, and we went on and won the game, but oh yeah, it was it was amazing. And I say, I used to I tell people a story and say, you know, this is how good England were. Mm. We were on the drink till three thirty four in the morning, and we still went out and beat them. I love it. Hey legends, the footy is back. Here's my first tip of the season: make it personal. Your name, your number on your jersey. Official licensed NRL jerseys, retros, polos and training shirts all in the one place. For the hard-running man, the cover-defending woman and the chirpy little ones that remind you of an out-of-control halfback. For an exclusively unfiltered deal, go to yourjersey.com.au forward slash Andy and put Andy in as your coupon code to get a free gift at checkout. Gear up, legends. 265 games for the Eels, 17 state of origins, 17 test matches, four premierships, two Clive Churchill medals, a Lance Todd trophy, a golden boot and a Challenge Cup as well. 1985, playing for Wigan against Hull, a win at Wembley, a win against Hull and a win against Peter Sterling. In front of a crowd just under 100,000. 
an amazing experience it must have been. Oh, it was okay, you know. It was, it was um, <laughs> no, really, it was. You're a dickhead. <laughs> it, was, it, it was, it was a phenomenal experience. Yeah. Um, you know, we had, and as you say, we had Peter Sterling and John Muggleton were playing for, for Hull okay. from, um, from Parramatta, and there was myself playing for Wigan, but we also had John Ferguson. Um, Chico was playing for the Roosters at the time, and part of his deal was he, he played until he had to come back for pre-season training, and he started the season with the Roosters. But if we made the final of the Challenge Cup, he came back, yep. which he did. And um, oh, there! It, it, obviously, I'd never played in front of a hundred thousand people yeah. before here in Australia, and to be there and at Wembley Stadium in particular. I mean, it's, it's obviously been knocked down, rebuilt now. But at the time, I had only ever seen. I remember watching Craig Johnson playing for Liverpool, yeah, scoring a goal right. in the FA Cup final at Wembley yeah. Stadium. And never really imagined that I'd ever play there, but I thought, you know, what a magnificent place it was. It yeah. looked to be great. And and um, <clears throat> and it was. I mean, it lived up to all expectations. I remember going into the change rooms and there was tiles from the floor to the ceiling. And I thought, gee, we've never had change rooms like that out here. And and they were mad on baths. They had a couple of showers, but everyone used to have a bath. And the yep. bath looked like a diving pool. Wow. It was amazing. And I'd never seen anything like it before. And, I mean, even as far as like playing in England for, for a club um, like Wigan, I can imagine it was for all the clubs. You've got to remember this is 1985. Yeah. Back here in Australia, we at, well, at Parramatta, we, we received a, a bag to put our gear in. We received shorts and socks. So you'd walk into the ground with a bag with your shorts, your socks, your boots, and usually a little bag with shaving gear and whatever in your mouth guard and obviously speedos. Um, and then that was it. And you'd go in and they'd have the jersey for you. And yeah. you'd, you'd, so you brought everything yourself. Over there at Wigan, I, I used to walk into the ground with a shaving bag. That was That's all it. I had to do. They actually took my boots off me. And they used to polish. I said to the bloke after the first week, he polished. I said, mate, I don't polish my boots. Don't even bother doing it. Just take them and, you know. Yep. So I'd walk into the change rooms and my boots were on the floor, my shorts, my socks and my jersey was on the bench, on the seat, just waiting for me. And uh, just go in and get changed. Everything was done for you. Wow. And then when we played at Wembley Stadium, we were given a suit. So we used to wear shirt and tie yep. to every game um, and whatever sort of pants you had. When we played at Wembley, we were provided with shoes, a suit, and just wore the shirt and tie. Um, and then, yeah, Wembley Stadium, you, you got the dressing rooms were, I guess you'd say, at the front of the grandstands. Okay. At not not the ground level, but the entry yeah. into, the, into the ground. So then when you came out... You went out in numerical order, so you were standing against your opposite player and it was just a long tunnel. So you, you looked ahead and you could see a little bit of light and as you walked along, obviously deathly silent, no one mm. was talking, walking up the tunnel. And then as the ball boys and then you had your club official um, and in our case it was Morris Lindsay. Yes. Um, once they appeared out of the tunnel, the crowd just erupted. Then you obviously knew the players were following. Yeah. And when you walked out, it was just deathly noisy. It was you, wow. you, you just you couldn't hear anything else other than people screaming and singing and and 
when you looked around, like Hull were, were black and white, Wigan were red and white, yeah. and that's all you could see was just black, red and white around the place and they were singing and everything and um, I thought, gee, it was just just amazing. You walked out across a dirt track, yeah. then onto the grass, walked up to the the middle of the field, turned your right and then lined up there and then you were introduced to all the dignitaries of the yeah. of the game and of the British Rugby League and Ken Arthurson was there from Australian Rugby League yep. and and I know like with the cricket and the rugby union, they always meet someone from the royal family and because yeah. I'd always thought, you know, I'd like to meet Princess Di, that she wasn't a bad sort. Yeah, good sort. And I knew she wanted to meet me. So Of course. Um you can understand. She was right, a huge Eels fan. Oh, of course, yeah. yes. Or just and a Brett Kenny fan. And a Brett Kenny fan. Know. So um Unfortunately, that didn't happen. She, no. could, she couldn't make it, apparently. They sent Charles instead? No, no, the Duke of Gloucester. And I'm thinking, <laughs> who the hell's the Duke of Gloucester? Who the, yeah. Why would I want to – so anyway, I mean, I, I got myself into a bit of shit anyway before the game started. People, you know, obviously probably by now would have read and heard what happened. But I had a jacket on, yeah. and, uh, the, the tracksuit top, the Wigan tracksuit top, and, and I didn't know what to do with my hands. I felt uncomfortable – having them down my, by my side or, or in front of me or with my hands behind my back. So I just put my hands in my pockets of the tracksuit top and when I was introduced to everyone, I just took a hand out, shook hands and, and the majority of times the person wanted to have a bit of a chat because I was introduced as, oh, this is Brett Kenny, our Australian player. So they all ask about what it's like in Australia yep. and have a bit of a chat and, and I'd put my hand back in the pocket. Well, I did that to everyone and, and of course, the media thought that was dis- disrespectful and and I said, well, you know, it wasn't meant to be disrespectful. Mm. That's just what I do. And and then even when um, – I even have a lot of mates now joke about it and, and make comment at what they heard, the commentators, yeah. when I we had to go out onto the field. Everything – all the formal part was finished. Now we had to go onto the field. And I walked like I did out Which here. Which you did every game. Yep. And I just walked from the halfway line up towards the try line to the corner tapped of your the boots try a line, of tapped times. my boots a couple of times. I had my hands in my pockets. Yep. And they were saying, the commentator saying, oh, Brett Kenny, he doesn't want to be here, he doesn't want to play. And yeah. and um, I think it was Neil Hunt mentioned to them um, as the game was going on and said, oh, yeah, I've seen him like this before. <laughs> he was ready to play, yeah. you know. And, and I think Sterlow mentioned the same thing. He said, yeah, I saw what he was doing. He said, I've seen him do that. And yeah. and I knew then he wasn't, you know, he was he was ready to play. It wasn't yeah. as if he didn't want to be here and – but that was just me, and and yeah, it was quite funny when they said, "Oh, he didn't want to play," and then I ended up winning the Lansdowne Trophy, and we won the game, and and uh, it was a magnificent feeling to to walk away from there, mm. having won a Challenge Cup final, and and we we the actually I think it was a day or two later we went back to Wigan, and we had to go to um, Central Park, which it was then, yep, and. They took us up into the boardroom and, and the boardroom opened up onto a balcony which looked straight out onto the field and, and, and I'd never seen anything like it before. Like, there was that many people that you couldn't see a blade of grass on the field. It was just people everywhere. Wow. And, and, and the club were great to me and, and, and they invited my mum and dad over to watch the Challenge Cup final at Wembley. So they flew them over mm. and, and, and a couple of days later I had to drive them to the airport so it was actually the day we got back mm. to Wigan. And so then I've had to leave the ground and get a police escort out of Wigan to get through everyone. 
It was just phenomenal. Jeez. I mean, I thought 81 out here at Parramatta was yeah. was phenomenal, but that was just incredible. And and um, but yeah, I certainly had some great experiences over there. And and uh, it was my first taste of being a professional footballer because I never had to work. I just got yep. paid a weekly wage. And and um, yeah, it was good, mate. Post footy, you'd learn illness and cancer doesn't care how old you are, who you are, or how good a footballer you were. You were diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2017. How hard was that news to hear? Yeah, it was tough, you know, um, and, and the thing was my um, my second wife, her son, so my stepson, yep. Riley, had, had um, broken his neck earlier on in the year and um, was at Westmead Hospital at the time. And, um, yeah, it was it was pretty tough. My, my daughter was pregnant mm. with her first child and – and um, I found out, you know, that I had this cancer, and 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 uh, obviously, like everyone, I guess, would be. Once you hear that c word, you think that's the end of your life, yep. and you're finished. And and um, you know, I'm I'm not embarrassed to say that, you know, that night after I'd been to the doctors, we were in a unit next next to um, Westmead Hospital, and um, and I cried. I you know yeah. I just laid in bed and cried, and and um, you know, finally. Went off to sleep and got up the next morning and and I had an appointment to go and see the specialist and once I'd been to the specialist um, I was fine you know she was very good at the way she explained it okay said to me look you know what I've got is not the end of the world yep ninety nine point nine percent of people that have this survive and and get through and and live a long and normal life and and um, but I had to go through all the chemo sessions and and um, you know, that's when I started to lose my hair, but then yep. I started to look a little bit like Bruce Willis. So it didn't really matter. I uh, don't mind the bald look, mate, no. trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it certainly shaves on the shampoo, you know. Yeah, it does. Um, and, and the brushes. And But, um, yeah, it was it was a pretty tough time. As I said, um, my stepson at the time, um, you know, had broken his neck. So we yep. – and I, and I didn't sort of say anything. We had a fundraiser for him up. Up here on the central coast, and and I knew then, yep. I, I knew before that, you know what what had what had happened, and um, I said to my wife, you know, no, I don't, you know, I don't want to say anything because this is his night, you know, yep. we're trying to raise money for him and that, so I didn't didn't say anything, and then it was one of the girls that she worked with, um, mentioned to her and said, look, you know, they they had spoken to Ray Hadley. Mm-hmm. Um, on a number of occasions, I think they actually organised for Ray Hadley to come up and and host the fundraiser for Riley and 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 she said, you know, ask Brett if, if you would mind if I'd mentioned it to Ray Hadley. Now that that that's all fundraiser was finished, and everything. Yeah. I said, oh well, look if you want to, you know, yeah. can. So um, I guess that's when it became public knowledge. And um, yeah, I'm very fortunate. A lot of people. The thing that amazed me, and and this was a good thing about rugby league, is you, you play a game like rugby league and it's like playing in a family and yep. I had that many people from opposition mm. well opposition team supporters bulldog supporters manly supporters send me messages and everything and you That's think nice, geez yeah you know people that you 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 think well you know one minute they hate you and, yeah. but if anything happens and you need support they're there behind you and 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 that was I, th- I thought, yeah, you know, that's a good thing about the game of rugby league yeah. is a, is the support that people will give you, regardless of who you played for. And and I was just amazed at it. But yeah, you know, been a 
few years now since since all that. I've yep. you know, had the chemo and everything, and now I just go. I've got to go and see the specialist. I think in February. And um, health's good. Brett. So health health's been good. I've, I've been wheezing a little bit. I, I and that's the other thing is is that's what happened when it first when I first found out I was wheezing a bit. Okay. But I've been to the doctor and she said no, it's not a problem. It's it's probably just the weather and everything. So is that sort of thing that happens? I guess it, you. Because of the experience you had before, mm. and you know, I hope this doesn't—it's not coming back again. But, but I mean, it's always there. It, it, it's the tumor has always been there. It's it just it's shrunk, but it hasn't disappeared. Okay. So it's, that's what the doctor said to me, or the specialist. She said, they, "There's always that chance that it could start to grow again." Mm. And if it does, she said, "All we do is just look at how severe it's going, or how quickly it's happening, and then we work out how much chemo and everything we've got to do." So. Fortunately, everything's been good so far. Um, sometimes I look at my stomach and think I'd like to say it was the tumour's gotten bigger, but I know, uh, you know, it would be nice to say that in, in one way, but yeah. I know I don't want that to happen. Yeah. It's just me eating too much and not doing enough training. So. <laughs> what are you most proud of in life, both in football and just as a bloke? Oh, I just think when I, you know, first got married and having my three kids. Yep. You know, very proud of what they've been able to achieve in their lives, and um, you know, as I mentioned before, my my daughter's now got two daughters, so I've, you know, I'm a grandfather twice now, and and um, both my boys are, are, are with partners and, yeah. and and married and that, and so and they're all doing well for themselves. You know, they, they they've been very successful in what they're doing, and, and that was one thing I always sort of hounded them with, I guess. It, it, you know, I played football and, yes, it, it was good. People, like when they were little kids, we'd walk around shopping centre at Castle Hill and people would be going, hey, Brett, how you going? And I'd say hello and the kids would say, did you know him, Dad? And I'd go, no, I had yeah. no idea who he was. We had to explain to them, this is why they know me. Yep. And and after a while, you know, they'd say that it would happen again and they'd say, oh, you didn't know him, Dad, did you? I said, no. no. And they understood what it was all yeah. about. And I used to say to them, you know, I played rugby league and I was very successful at it, but it's not like working, you know. And yep. and, and I said I haven't. I've had a lot of jobs, and I said you want to make sure you get yourself a trade or do something, you know, yeah. so that if ever, you know, you might you complete your trade and then you might go and do something else. But um, and they've done that. My my youngest player, because he's a landscape gardener by yep. trade, he's now just finished his electrician apprenticeship, so he's done that. My daughter's a school teacher, and. Um, my son works in one of the head offices for Woolworths, you know. And so I'm um, very proud of what they've all been able to achieve. I guess that's probably one of my proudest moments is that when I've had all the three kids and I was there for, for every one of the births. The best I've seen, proud to have called your mate for probably 32, 33 years now. A wonderful career, wonderful life and story. Brett Kenny, you, sir, are a legend. Thanks, mate. And um, I think a lot of people regard you as a legend of the airways as well, so... It's, um, yeah, as you say, 30 odd years we've known each other, it's been great times and mm. I really enjoyed, we've worked together on Fox Sports, calling the football, yeah. really enjoyed that, we had a lot of fun and I think that was what the good thing about it, we, we, we tried to make it fun, you know, for everyone and entertain and, entertain and um, yeah, it's, it's been great and I'm, and I'll, you know, I'm very proud to be able to say that you're a mate of mine, it's been good and I've enjoyed doing this. We hope you enjoyed Brett Kenny, The Natural. Amazing footballer, amazing bloke, and mate too. 
Thank you for your ongoing support of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review on the app you're currently listening on as we continue to spread the word about the Unfiltered podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at the Andy Raymond. Then you won't miss a thing. The Legend series drops in time to start your working week. We get up close and personal with some of the biggest names in sport. The Weekly Wodge is fast-paced, engaging and the perfect way to get you in the mood for the weekend ahead. We chat with current and former players and coaches, all things rugby league. Some footy talk, some fun too. And in any one episode, you'll hear up to a dozen of the sport's best. On your weekend, the blast is a reflection, a look back at a career or a moment in time through the eyes of those involved. It's a short listen, a beauty too. Make sure you come back soon. Legends, 